Uh, good morning. I'm your host, Tubby, today on the final semester ending, the morning after. Alongside me here today is my man, Vic. Vic, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tub. I'm sad to be in for the last edition here of the morning after. It was going strong for a while, but we got to take our little break here. Hey, how you doing? So, Edinburgh, good, let's man, see good. what we Let should be talking about tonight. Minutes, okay? Today, actually. Sorry, it's the morning. I just woke up, truthfully. Me and Tub out here, we're going to talk about the Browns. The Cleveland Clowns, some people call them after Monday's night. Embarrassing loss. Tubby, how, how, how do you feel? About it? Um, it was horrible, and I wasn't, I wasn't even there. I mean, that's I, I the worst there. part. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That was the worst part was that you were actually had to sit through that. Uh, on the line right now, we got um, Pierre Woods with us, who's a Cleveland resident, former uh, New England Patriot, and now commentator uh, in, in Cleveland as part of uh, ABC Channel 5's uh, WEWS Dogs on the Run. Uh, let's go ahead and see if he's with us today. Pierre, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing, Tubby? Oh man, I'm just I'm just living a dream. I got my uh, I got my man Vic here with me, another Cleveland product, and uh, uh, he's also on the uh, Edinburgh Fighting Scots football team that you and I talked about on the Dogs on the Run and occasionally. What's up, Pierre? Oh, okay. How you doing, man? I, I'm I'm good. How you doing, bro? Good, good. So we're just sitting here. We're trying to figure out today. We're taking it. This is our last show of the semester, and since Vic and I both have a deep connection to Cleveland, it's our home, the city that we love. And the team that we love, the Cleveland Browns, we decided that we're going to try to take some time and fix it. Do you have any ideas on what we can do to fix the Cleveland Browns other than fire everybody? Um, man, all I can say is that to fix the Browns is deeper than just the front office. It goes back from when Art Mordell took the team and left Cleveland. You know, it's way deeper because – those teams, when they played, they played with pride, they played with heart, they played with passion, they played for each other, they played for Cleveland. It seems like these guys, man, um, they're just out there just playing. You know what I'm saying? And, and they don't have a, a sense of urgency to play for for the city, even though the, the stadium sells out week in and week out, man. I don't understand. Like, every weekend, every Sunday, even that Monday night game, it sells out. Like, we are – it's sold out, you know what I'm saying? The people in the meeting lot tailgating, having a good time, and they just want the Browns to win. And to me, if the Browns really wanted to do something, it's like you got to want to do it. And that's, that's, that's at the end of the day. You got to want to do it. You got to want to be great. You got to want to be good. You got to want to win. And I think they're good enough to win. But, you know, we've been close. Close ain't good enough, you know what I'm saying? It's all about W's. Everybody can talk about these different teams. They can talk about the Patriots. Well, how do they do this? They be cheating. They do this. They do that. They don't cheat. You know what they do? They put in hard work. Because let's think about this. Tom Brady has lost almost all his receivers now. Almost all of them. They got guys on the practice squad they're just bringing up. And some of these weeks, some guys they're going to call, like a Jeremy Gatlin, you know what I'm saying, who, who was with the team, and I'm pretty sure got released or whatever. And they are like, well, have you been working out or something? You know? Come in for a conditioning test. You pass conditioning test, man. All that's all that matters with them. They can plug you in. So, Cleveland, you know, we just got Terrell Pryor back. Thank you know, thank God for that. I think he should have been on the team way before. Um, it would have cost him a lot less than to keep Dwayne Bow, who they haven't even wanted to put on the field. Now Mike Pettin's back on his excuses. Well, Terrell hasn't been here. Terrell hasn't done this. Terrell hasn't done that. Well, you bring a man, man. Play the man. That's what I look at. A player. You need to have him as a third-string quarterback or second-string quarterback because third-string is your, your boy Johnny Manziel. Right. Cleveland is, in, Cleveland is in disarray right now, man. They're in disarray right now, like all the way around. It's, well, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty effing bad. Right. Well, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, you got guys like Dante Whitner and Hartline that are that are Ohio guys. I mean. You know, Whitner's from right there in the center of Cleveland. Like, if anybody should be able to explain to these guys what it is to be a Cleveland Brown. I mean, these guys are old enough, should know enough to be able to explain it to these young kids, correct? Or are, are they just not? Are they just falling down on the job leadership-wise within the locker room, you think? 
you, you you absolutely correct. I mean, you got Joe Thomas who's been here his whole career. Dante know about the city of Cleveland because he's from Cleveland. I played with him, and everything that you know was said to him was said to me. You know, we played. Cleveland is our our team. We love the dog pound. You got to You know, what I'm saying when you come to Cleveland and you play here, it's it's a it's an honor, it's a privilege. But at the same time, it's like this is your home team, man. To me, uh, Ray Farmer, when he had opportunity to, to sign Ted Ginn Jr. and you know some of the other guys from around our area that played um, in college, other other places, or just you know just played around Northeast Ohio, they should have signed him. But because we know what it's like, we know we'll play that much harder for our team and our city. Um, but they don't they don't want they don't believe in that. And their leadership, like your leadership, your team only goes as far as the leadership that you have. And I know Dante is a good leader. I know Joe Thomas probably. You know, I'm pretty sure he's a good leader. Uh, Josh McNow, McCow, uh Who else? I mean, I don't know who in the receiver group was a good leader, but yeah. Those guys are supposed to lead the team, and if they don't lead the team, then you look at elsewhere, and the first person you look at is your head coach. Your head coach is making excuses for guys when they mess up or something happens. One thing I learned in college, and I, 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 I try to practice what I preach. I ain't gonna say try. I, I definitely, you know, I start doing it. Is that you know you make excuses, you set yourself up a failure. And that's what we've been getting. We've been getting all type of failed attempts. So, you know, we've got to keep doing better, keep going, keep rocking. But right now the, the leadership role on the Cleveland Browns is, is absent. And by being absent, I mean, you got Carlos Dancer, who's been in the league for a while. He's playing his tail off. But, I mean, you need some other guys to step up. I, like I said, for a long time, I, I think that they should have moved or team his to to uh, safety. But, you know, I guess I'm I'm, I'm a fool. And the Browns know everything, so you know. You brought up Joe Thomas, and um, I was at the game on Monday, and I was driving back to Edinburgh, and I heard the post-game interview with Joe Thomas, and listening to Joe, I like Joe a lot, I really do. He's a future Hall of Famer, yada yada yada. But he was so calm and collective how he handled that interview. I think you know I play football, and you play football. We've all played football here. If 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 you lose a game like that. I don't understand how you can be so calm, collective, you know, level-headed. Do you think Joe, he's been there so long. He's been a part of the losing. He's been a part of it all. Do you think he's almost a part of the problem that he's almost used to losing? Do you think that's an issue within the locker room? This, I watched that, that, that last play, right? And, I, you know, when you, when you look at it on TV, like, they show it, then you're like, man, who was that in there? Who was that in there? Now, they had two rookies right next to each other. They had uh, Danny Shelton and they had uh, Cam Irvin two first right picks. next to each other. Two first-round picks. Now, Danny Shelton, he's a defensive tackle. Everything he does is going forward. Going forward, not, not back. But to play the field goal position, you get knocked back. That's, you know, that's what teams do. And also, Baltimore is offside. So, when you're a coach, when it's a, it's a game-winning driver, game-winning field goal like that, you've got to be looking down the line where the ball is at to make sure that, you know what, there's nobody offside coming you know, towards us to knock us back. That, that's first and foremost. Secondly, I'm not putting Danny Sheldon as a guard position right next to our long snapper because it's not, it's not producing for him. It's not what he's used to. When he got that back, man, like the first thing you think about if you're a defensive lineman, a deep tackle, whatever, to play that position and you get knocked back like that, my knee. It's, it's, it's okay for linemen because that's what they do, you know, the whole entire year. You know what I'm saying? The way his legs bend and everything like that, it was very awkward for him, and you can tell. He was elongated one way, and his leg, his right leg was playing the ground, sliding back, but his knee was tilted in like, you know, to sprain your MCL or something. Personally, I think I would have had Cam Mervin in there, Shorts, and I'd have had Joe Thomas. I don't care what nobody says. You can say whatever you want to say about the New England Patriots. The one thing I do know about the New England Patriots, when it was time for field goal, the whole offensive line was in there, the whole entire offensive line, starters included. You know what I'm saying? They ain't take Matt Light out and say, Matt, you're not going to be on field goal 
because of this. Now, if those guys had some type of injury, then they filled in. Somebody else got in there. But besides that, if you're a starter, you're a Hall of Famer, you're this, you're that, you're in there because you know what? You block for the quarterback, you can block for the field goal kicker as well. That helps you win the game, right? Clearly. Yep. So he wasn't. He, 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 he was not out there. They had Danny Shelton in there, Cam Irvin, who, who got, was getting blown up. He started last week, and the other time, you know what I'm saying, he's been getting blown up. It came The block came right between Cam and Danny Shelton. The other thing is the right guard, or the right, I don't know what he was, the guard tackled in a, the guy right next to the wing, number 64. That guy dropped out. I've always been taught when somebody drops out, you turn and you come straight down the line. If he comes straight down the line and he hits that guy, he doesn't even block the dog on the ball. He doesn't block it. Even with the low trajectory of the, the kick, he doesn't block it. So you think? do you think that's talent, or you think he's not being coached correctly? Right no, they, their special team coach is good. I think he's a good special team coach. Yeah, Tabor's but pretty good. He's been there a while. Yeah, he's been there a while, but I just think, like, you got you to gotta, – have some new wrinkles. I told Andy Baskin about it. I'm like, hey, look at this. When I watched him, I was like, man, this guy right here should have came down the line. Now, Mike Bryant, he couldn't have, he couldn't have did it because he had somebody coming on the outside of him. The other thing was Dre, the, the um, or Dre, whatever his name is, number 81, the, the, the uh, Wayne guy. Because mm-hmm. what they do, they go uh, overload, and, and when it's overload, that's when 81 will go to the, to the strong side. And the mind body goes to the weak side. Brian goes to the weak side. So I was looking at how they were switching. Like, man, he's going to the, to the strong side and the weak side like that. He took one man by himself, which he could have helped uh, Shorts out by just posting his inside hand and stabbing with his outside hand. He would have helped him so much because he would have been to help somebody. But he took two guys on his shoulders, got knocked right back. Right. A lot of that, a lot of that has to do with coaching. A lot of it has to do with knowing the position, posting your hand in there, sitting back, taking two, being playing big. Because as long as you can grab a guy right there in the center of his chest, which I've always been told to grab him, grab him, but just don't pull him down. Just let him fall. You fall right back with him, but you post that hand real strong, both of them, and then he he's got it because of your hands out, out your leg, your hands are out, and your arms are extended. He's got to have so much force to push you back, but you just don't grab him and, and pull him down, you know? Let him go once he starts coming down, once you start falling back. Otherwise, they're going to call hold him. Those guys, man, just did the total opposite. The total opposite. It was just like clumsy. I, I mean, I looked at it, and I was just like, wow, like, they lost on a field goal block. And then Brian should have made the tackle. He's trying to get the ball. You don't try to get the ball in that situation. You make sure you don't let those guys get the ball. Kick the ball out of bounds. Exactly. Your team. Team. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they even tried to kick the field goal to begin with. For, for me, I would have faked well, the field goal and ran around, ran a timeout, and went into overtime. I mean, there was, there was no way in heck that kicker was going to make it at that distance anyway. I mean, well, it, it, was, it was beyond his range. I mean, he could have he maybe ate some Superman pills or – had a bowl of Wheaties before he went out there, but I still don't think he would have made it, even if it wasn't blocked. You know, I he, hey, he's on, he's an NFL kicker. You got to have faith in your kickers. You got to trust in them. I mean, all they do is kick all day on day. Well, I, I make. I mean, I fully understand that. I just, but your range is your range. I mean, I love Phil Dawson to death, and I hope he signs a one-day contract with the Browns so he can retire as a Brown. But Phil Dawson's range is Phil Dawson's range. I mean, if he's backed up. I mean, if it was anywhere inside of 56 yards, I thought Phil was good for it. But you put Phil out at 57 yards, I don't think Phil's going to make that. Same thing with Coons. If, if he's outside, he was, that was a 51-yard field goal try. I didn't think he was going to make it. Now, if it was at, like, 48, 47 yards, yeah, I think he could have made those, but not at, not at 51. I think it was just one yard too far for him to begin with. Hey, man, I, I, I say have faith in your kicker. You think about Michigan State. You think they ain't have faith in their kicker when they went down to Columbus? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have faith in your kicker. Otherwise, what's the point of having him on the dog on team? Exactly. Penny like, wouldn't have put honestly, him out there if he's never seen him make more than a 50-yarder in practice. He wouldn't have put him right, out there. Right, you know what I'm saying? And, that, and, and you know what? And they, and they practice in the elements, too, all the time. So, if the wind's a little bit stronger out there on the lake. But, I mean, that's what he goes out there and practice for. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just know we Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll go out there and we'll, we'll practice. Our, our kids will be out in the stadium. The one thing that uh, Stephen Gaskowski used to do, we had these, like, real, real skinny goalposts. And he used to have to make those kicks in practice. Like, Bill would be like, okay, in order for us to stop practicing, he got to make these kicks. And we'd be like, what? And I'm talking about these, these goalposts are not big as the regular goalposts, but a lot smaller. The angle is much is just crazy, but that helps Steve to just have that tunnel vision. You know what I'm saying? To say, okay, I got a long field goal to make, and I have to make it through these little two skinny uprights, which is probably as long as my arms. You know what I'm saying? As is my wingspan. That's what he had to kick through. I don't know if the Browns do that, but I know one thing: if they do, he would have just. That's all you had to do is have a tunnel vision, go out there and kick the ball. The one thing he didn't do, he didn't have great, you know, great height with it. Right. I mean, it was a good snap, good catch. He just ain't had a height with it. I mean, that guy put his hand up there. He blocked it. He's got to make the tackle. Give us a place to stand. That's it. Give us a place to stand. I think it was a great call. You got you to go for the win. You got to go for the win. Now, that, that as far as the clock management, with the last 40 seconds and running off 20, you got to be kidding me. You take, you get that guy, you put him in there, the quarterback, Austin Davis, you got to give him – Five plays. All right, you run these five plays. These are the five plays. These are our winning plays. Plain and simple. Five plays. Going in 40 seconds. Two-minute drill, whatever you want to call it. It's situational football. We don't have a dang on clue about situational football to me. Right. Like, yeah, Mike Pettis is a defensive guy, but, you know what I'm saying, like, it's, it's no situational football. That's the one thing I say, like, if people always be like, well, why do you quote about, you know, New England, this and that? You know what? Any, like, what happened last night with – um, Green Bay and Detroit. Right. Belichick is going to go over that that one play when they face mask and then that long play. You know, so that long uh, hail mary. He's going to go over that in New England. That's that's going to be part of their practice. I guarantee you, because he doesn't want to get beat like that. Whatever somebody does, and it's a play that you know showed on ESPN all the time, or a situational play where like when they batted the ball out in Seattle and. Um, was that against Detroit? I believe it was against Detroit. They played the ball out. Yeah, Seattle batted the ball out of out of bounds. That guy was supposed to grab that ball and kneel down. That was Detroit's ball on the one yard line, easily. And that's before the rules even came out. I mean, before they even said anything about it. Me and Roosevelt Cole was like, man, hey, that's Detroit's ball all day. That's Detroit's ball. He can't just hit the ball out with nobody around him. He had the opportunity to grab the ball and kneel down. Right. Now, now we, the ball just rolled out of bounds. If it just rolled out of bounds in the back of the end zone, then it's a touchback. It didn't. He hit it when he could have grabbed it. Right now we're we're looking at we're looking at now Austin Davis starting against Cincinnati. Right. So our twenty fourth quarterback, starting quarterback since nineteen ninety nine. Right. I mean, this isn't is that, like isn't that a joke? Isn't I, that a joke? It's a straight joke. That's all it is. I, I mean, it's. Okay. Right. Think about this. How many twenty-second picks their quarterback have we took? Johnny Manziel, Whedon, Brady Quinn, uh, J- Jason, what's it, John, whatever is Whedon. Yeah, Brandon Whedon. Some solid uh, picks there. Right, yeah. yeah, solid picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, solid picks. Now, one thing I say about Brady Quinn, he was a workout fanatic. But hey. We could have brought we could have brought in Tim Tebow, man, for all that. He bench pressed five hundred, squatted six hundred, some seven hundred. Why, why we ain't never think about doing that? We want all this this excitement. Johnny can run, Johnny can do this, and Johnny can do that. Can Tim Tebow do that too? Yeah, well, I think we got the anti Tim Tebow. I mean, if we would have got if we would have got Johnny's ability with Tim Tebow's mentality of staying home with the milk and cookies, <laughs> we this might be a different season for us. You know what I'm saying, but Maybe. we didn't. We didn't get that. We got the, we got the problem child Johnny, who just. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen improve for the limited amount of time that he's been on the field. I've seen improvement in Johnny, and it gave me hope to what he could be. However, this young man cannot get out of his own way. He just can't simply shut up, sit down, and, and just do what he's supposed to do. I mean, that's all he had to do. He just had to chill. You know. I mean, I understand going home, wanting to see your family, and seeing your friends and all that stuff, but, but dude, what? you know the eyes are on you. You know this is like 
your last straw. How can you not just have like a go to your family's compound or some crap, invite the boys over, put everybody's phone in, in a fishbowl, and put them in a closet, have yourself a good time. When you let everybody go, give them back their phones, you know? How hard is that? It's very hard for Johnny, evidently. I mean, what Peyton Manny say about Mike Vanders at? Oh, a dog on kicker getting out there all liquored up. <laughs> That's Johnny. That's Johnny, man. It's, 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 it's who he is. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's not going to change. So, Johnny's going to be Johnny, man. And either you, you like it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? And I, hey, all you can do is pray for the young man. Right. At this point in time, I mean, how many times are you going to keep giving him chance after chance? And, he keeps doing the same thing. So if he's going to keep doing that, then that's that's what it's going to be. But that's that's something that the Browns knew was, was coming in. I mean, his parents knew he was a partier. Uh, the silver spoon was in his mouth. So, I mean, like, not saying he's a, he, he didn't work for everything he got. Because on the field, man, the eyes in the sky don't lie. So you got to have talent to do what you're doing. And, I mean, to win the Heisman Trophy, he definitely had talent. But he had great talent around him as well. You know, he had some big receivers. He doesn't have that here. Josh Gordon is gone. You know what I'm saying? Because he couldn't stop doing what he needed to do. Everything that we, we, we should have, we didn't have. We could have had Terrell Pryor and Josh Gordon, two receivers that worked out with Randy Moss. Like I said, when I called in 92.3, I told him. I said, man, if Terrell Pryor go, work out, go out there and work with Randy Moss, he'll be a lot better receiver. Only mm-hmm. thing that happened, he strained his hamstring. And they like, that was a big problem. But you keep Dwayne Bowe, who strained his hamstring, who doesn't even want to run after no passes, and do anything, and you can't have $9 million. You could have paid Terrell Pryor almost a half million dollars or whatever, $1 million. Yeah, Pryor's just been, trying to get a he check. Would, he, <laughs> he would have he 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 been productive, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, only... It's no excuse, but Mike, Mike Patton got all the excuses in the world when it comes to these receivers, but, you know, we don't want to draft a receiver. We don't want to draft a receiver. That's I Ray Farmer. That's, you know? that's on Ray Farmer. Hey, man, Ray Farmer, man, good luck. I, I don't, I'm not knocking you, you know what I'm saying? You got to do what's best for you and your family. But, hey, you know what? City of Cleveland, man, all we want to do is win. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard-working town. People in here, you know, it's, it's just like the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they, for some odd reason, they find a way to win. Right. They find some receivers. They find all types of stuff. We couldn't even pick up their dog on punt return or kick returner from Kent State. But, or wherever he's, I think, yeah, Kent State. We couldn't even pick him up. We going to pick up this. Uh, Joe Bo from here and, and Kokomo, but we, you know, it's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, man. I mean, come on, man. Fourth round pick, we cut. That's unbelievable. But hold on, how about this though? Marlon Moore, kudos to you, bro. Mm-hmm. Mad mm-hmm. kudos. You know what I'm saying? To come in, getting underpaid when you should be making nine million dollars because you're playing special teams, busting your head, plus making plays on offense. Kudos to you. Like seriously, man. I, it's it's this stuff like that. When you look at the Browns, you be like, man, really? Why ain't what's called playing those special teams then? And everybody, you know, they don't be talking about it. But, man, I, I talk about everybody. It doesn't make a difference to me. If you ain't playing four years, like, you know what I'm saying? I see this cat last night, man. Right. I seen him last night walking his dog on a little, a little roly thing or whatever. I don't know the name of the little thing. Like, you got to make sure that thing don't catch fire in your apartment, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But – everybody has a different agenda, man. It ain't about winning. It's about just getting paid now. And I'm not mad. I seen that movie concussions last night. I'm not mad about a guy saying he's going to get paid at all. You're going to do it? Do it. Get it. Get it. You know what I'm saying? Get it. Right. Don't don't, don't do it in the sense of the Browns because we do care about our team and people do pay a lot of money to come to the games. So if you're going to do it, go somewhere else. Well, when you come here, come here to play and come here to play hard. It's been known, you know, for the Browns to play hard. Like, Bernie, I, I I understand now why Bernie acts the way Bernie acts. You know what I'm saying? It was shown in a movie that the NFL has tried to conceal for a long time. And Will Smith, man, has done a great job in acting and doing, you know, playing, playing the role of that doctor. Um, and it's, hey, I'm just saying, man, it's a great movie. I think all kids should go see it. And it definitely change the outlook and the way parents look at the way we play ball. I mean, it's already 55 because of Roger Verdell. He hides behind his right-hand man, uh, but, you know, sometimes you got you got a butt partner like that, I guess. Right. Yeah, I seen it, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it as well since my kids are coming up now. Uh, my oldest son just started playing peewee ball. 
Um, we've talked about it at nauseum on this show. The Titusville Youth Football Program and um, the other, my youngest one is looking to follow right behind him. So, I mean, as a parent, I've done a lot of investigation as well. Uh, I, I fully investigated as much as I guess as anybody can the coaches and around the league and how they play the ball and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, it's, it's a big concern and there's, I guess, I don't know, the whole thing, I mean, I understand, like, Bernie, Bernie hasn't won or didn't win anything in Cleveland. Never got there, right? That man is treated like a king. And even, like, back when he, remember when he came out and he had them comments against that uh, St. Louis quarterback and was like, you know, God save me from uh, from having to watch another play with this guy <laughs> as quarterback, right? Yeah, and I everybody, remember, I, remember I mean, that that lost him his pregame announcing job for the Browns, or the preseason announcing job for the for the Browns. But the entire city, whether they were a Browns fan or not, came out in support of Bernie and be like, "Look, you can't treat Uncle Bernie that way." You know, I mean, he's like that one cat at, at your family reunion that. You know, he's funny. He's always telling, like, the off-color stories and stuff like that. You love to have him around that one time a year, but, you know, you ain't going to have him over to babysit your kids. You know what I'm talking about, right. that one uncle? So, uh, you know, it, and he hasn't won anything. I mean, imagine if you took that support for the team that didn't win anything, not a gosh darn thing, and you actually went out there and won something. I mean, I'm not talking a whole lot. I'm just talking a divisional title. One time, win the divisional title – these dudes is going to eat free in Cleveland. They ain't going to have to buy no. another drink the rest of their life in Cleveland. And that's just the divisional championship. We, we're we not going to win a divisional championship in a long time, man. And it's sad to say. It's just the truth. Well, I mean, you know if somebody like, can go out there and Nancy Kerrigan, the other three teams in the, when, the, other when, three teams in now, the division, we could. Now, Vic, did you say, you say Joe Thomas is a future Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt. So, so, so earlier this year, did they not say – or not even a couple weeks ago, talking about trading Joe Thomas. Okay, first of all, that's like, just blasphemy. That's Ray Farmer talking. I don't know why you would yeah, trade but, but, Joe but see, Thomas. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about, though. When there's no trust and loyalty. Like, at the end of the day, especially for players, mm-hmm. we have all, we, we've all been loyal. You go back to our high school coaches, he was a loyal player. He loved us. He's always coming around. He's done this, he's done that. Boom, boom, boom. That's what we're used to. We're not used to I mean, yeah, it's a business. We understand the business aspect. But it hurts. It, it has to but, hurt. Yeah, but, but when, you, when you've been with one team, he's been he's the longest tender guy. Yeah, I think nine years now, ten years. Right. He's the, he's the longest tender guy on the Browns or with the Browns organization. You don't talk about trading your longest tender guy. Mm-hmm. And you want best him player to, probably, correct? Yeah, yeah. Then if you, I mean, if you want him to be on the team, you say, well, look, um, we're going to reconstruct your contract. That way you can retire Brown, this and the third, boom, boom, boom. But you don't say we're going to trade you. Yeah, that's just it's, then, it's a bad then, vibe through the locker room. But, it's just... but see, it's, it's, it's disrespect. So then when they get out there, I mean, you know, who the heart the heart of the Browns, though, the whole the whole heart of the Browns is a quarterback that's on injury reserve right now. He's a whole heart. Josh, oh, yeah. I give it up to him. That's my man's man from 100 grand, plain and simple. He's the heart of the Browns. He's the heart of the city. He took hit after hit after hit. They did not block for this man, and he kept going. You know what? He's a tough SOB. If they don't bring him back, man, Ray Farmer and them, I think all of them should get fired, even a damn owner. Everybody <laughs> should go. For real, if they don't bring that guy back, man, not even I mean, not even a play, but just to have him around, that way he can have some to be a role with leadership as a quarterback or just give him a job. Because, I mean, Kevin, I like Kevin O'Donnell. <laughs> Kevin's young, man. As a quarterback coach, you mean to tell me that Josh can't do that? Probably do a lot better. Yeah, probably. Hey, probably do a lot better. Not saying that Kevin's not a I mean, he's bad or whatever. I remember when Kevin first came in the league. You know what I'm saying? He was a runner quarterback that can throw. Mm-hmm. That, I, swear that, I swear that didn't last long. <laughs> that didn't last long. It's yeah. a good thing, you know, good kudos. He, he's, he's got a job because Mike Payton was with him when he was with the Jets. I just, just unbelievable. All right, now we're going to continue to dig through it. Pierre Woods, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, but uh, we're going to have to rub against it here. We got to go ahead and head into our next break here. Um, so, as we move forward, though, coming into next uh, next semester, we're probably going to get started here towards the end of uh, January and the beginning of of February and stuff. 
I'll set up with you. We'll have you back on again, and we'll give you like the let you do a post postseason rundown on all the debauchery that happened with our Man, teams. The, the, the postseason rundown will be terrible. It's gonna be sad. I just hope we get a couple wins. Everybody, they don't want us to win, man. I want to get a couple wins. I don't care about the first, the first pick overall because evidently our scouting department sucks anyway. We can't dog and we can't fix nothing. You know, like like I said, Johnny, you can't get right. Our scouting department definitely can't get right. Ray Farmer, you better get right, and Mike Ted need to get right too. And I'm not blaming the coach because the players play. You know what I'm saying? Plain and simple. But as far as evaluating talent and getting out there, that's the coaches, that's that's general manager and that's the scouts. So the players play, and they the ones making they out there performing, and that, that's who's doing bad. And everybody can say, well, the coaches, it's the coaches, the coaching. Well, you know what? Players can make their own calls if they want to as well because they on the field. The coach, only thing the coach do is take them out. And guess what? There's only 53 men on the roster and some guys on the dog on, on, on the practice squad. So what are they going to do, cut them? Right. So right. what you going to do? That's what I always tell players. You, you play, the coaches coach. But as you you out there, you guys, you guys, all you got to do is communicate. Ain't no secrets on defense. It's secrets on offense, but not on defense. Right. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Pierre. I really appreciate it. You can follow him on Twitter, at PierreWoods1 uh, on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much. Pierre, and uh, Pierre, we'll be talking to you again real soon, my friend. It's Pierre M. Woods 1. Pierre, Pierre M. Woods 1. Pierre M. Woods 1. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a tubby show if I didn't make at least one mistake. <laughs> All right, man. It's pretty cool, man. You cool. Y'all have a blessed day, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right. That was uh, Pierre Woods for you. Calling in right here to 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio the morning after. I'm the host, Tubby. That's my man, Vic. We're going to hit our next break and bring in our next guest for you. So stay tuned right here. We're going to have continue to dig through this debacle that is our favorite football organization, the Cleveland Browns. Stay tuned right here. Alrighty, and we're back. It's your boy Tubby right here on 88.9 WFSE fighting Scott's radio. It's the morning after. Uh, right next to me here is my man Vic. And uh, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And on the phone with us now, we have Felix Wright, one of the original members of the original Dog Pound. Felix, how are you with how are you today? Well, I am I am hanging in there and, and enjoying the weather. <laughs> right, I mean that's un- that's unseasonal for us. I mean, especially here in uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, Northeast Ohio, we don't we don't get uh, Novembers like this that often. That's right. That's why I'm enjoying it. In fact, uh, you know, I think last year at this time I was doing lots of uh, snow blowing, so I am happy that I'm not in that position now. So it's all good. So we got to look at the positives here in Cleveland, right? <laughs> we're trying. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to dig deep. We we uh, already went over the game. Uh, Monday, uh, my partner Vic here was at that game Monday night. Uh, we discussed a little bit of what went wrong with uh, Pierre Woods earlier. And uh, now as we look forward through the rest of the season, Felix, what are your thoughts on, on what the Browns are going to be able to do differently? Well, you know, that, that's, a good, that's a good question. I've been trying to figure that out all year. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, we, 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 we put ourselves in position to uh, – to come away with the victory, and uh, it just seems like we find find ways to lose. I mean, but but you, you know, you, you look at that game last night, the Thursday night game, and, and it's like Detroit found a way to lose. So hey, we I guess we we in Cleveland shouldn't feel so bad that you know there's other teams out there doing the same thing. But I just think it comes down to you know to to you know to you know to blocking and tackling, and 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 you know we're not, we're just not doing that very well uh, for whatever reason. I, I know that you know that we we practice it and 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 the coaches go over the information like they do every week. It's just you know I, I you know I just know it's it's got to be the personnel and the, and the personnel that we have is just not getting it done, and uh, that's the bottom line. You know so uh, you know so I guess there's going to have to be some reevaluating going at the at the end of the year. You know with be with having the highest paid defense in the league, uh, we have to expect more. We we deserve more, and uh, and and then we need a, a person up top that's going to be able to make good decisions and get the right people in place. Is that a direct the the uh, being unable to block or, or to actually tackle? Is that a direct reflection you think on the on the coaching staff? I mean, I know it's different because the CBA 
now is different than like the CBA when you guys played, and there's only a certain amount of padded practices and, and all that stuff. But there's got to be drills or something that they can work on, correct? There's big drills you can work on, and I think it's, it's attitude. You know, uh, you know. I mean, I mean that was some one of the first things we learned is, is the basics of tackling. You know, you 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 you, uh, you have a focal point. You bring your arms. You wrap. You know, when you bring your arms, it brings your head up so you can see the person that you're hitting. Uh, you know, I see us doing a lot of this uh, cross body blocking, not bringing our arms, and you know, ankle tackling is just it's frustrating. Uh, for you know guys like me uh, that uh, that prided ourselves on on, on making firm tackles, uh, and, and it's just uh, you know it, 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 you know blocking part of it. You know it's like we you know what happened to our running game? We don't have any running game. No so and I, and I think we have I think we have decent running backs. You know I think Duke and and Crowell. I think they're I think they're good backs. I mean you know I think they're they're better than average. And and Corral runs downhill. I mean, but you know, it just goes to show you that uh, you know it doesn't really matter how good you are as a running back if you're an Adrian Peterson or uh, you know or OJ Simpson or whoever they be. If you ain't got the block in the front to get through it, then you ain't gonna get any yards. Now, where it comes into effect for a running back is once you get through that first line of defense. Now it's on you to see if you can elude tacklers. And that's where their expertise comes in. That's where AP's very good. When he gets to that second level, you know, he's tough on those guys. But our guys aren't even getting through the first level. So how can we evaluate them if they're not even getting started? Well, I mean, that starts at the offensive line. Okay, how come our offensive line's not doing very well? Well, uh, you know, we have to do some evaluating there. So that's where it starts, right there at the line scrimmage. One of the issues that we talked about uh, with Pierre earlier was a lack of heart and a lack of playing for the city. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what it was like uh, when you played with the original Dog Pound and and the feeling that there was in this in the locker room at that time? I mean, to me, in in my childhood and stuff, that was like the the greatest time to be alive as a Browns fan. You know, with with all you guys out there just laying it out. I mean, you guys. You guys weren't the biggest, but you were the biggest of heart and determination. And I'd, I'd just like to hear a little bit about what that was like. Oh, you know, it was, it was a special feeling back in the 80s when I came here. You know, and I, I didn't, you know, I grew up in Missouri and then played in Canada and came down to Cleveland and didn't have a whole lot of history on, on the Browns. But when I first came here, you know, the first thing I was taught, you know, as a Cleveland Brown is that, you know, we don't really like the Steelers. You know, and, uh, and you know we we can go we can lose some games, but we can't lose to the Steelers. A lot of pride in Cleveland, uh, so that was one of the first things I uh, I learned in coming to Cleveland, and that uh, uh, the desire uh, that the fans wanted to just be successful and be competitive. And uh, you know, our group we were very connected with the community, and we were always out in the community, and a lot of people knew us personally because we were out all the time, uh, which is a good thing. And because I think when you're out in the community, uh, and, and you get people to get to know you, they're not as harsh on you when something does happen. Uh, but uh, uh, it was very connected. But, you know, winning brings brings happiness. And, you know, I don't know what the winning percentages was while I was in Cleveland, but I would say it was close to over 70%. We won a lot of our games. Uh, and when that happens, you know, you, you build that tradition and, it, and you build that expectation. And, uh, that connection with the city, you know, every game that we, we came to the city to play, that, that city was painted orange. Uh, so the connection was there. We won. Uh, and, and, you know, over the amount, you know, and, and we, we don't, you know, me as a ball player, as a city, we shouldn't expect that we're going to win consistently year in and year out because that's how, how, how it's been in Cleveland. But we do expect them to be competitive and give us our, give ourselves a chance. It doesn't seem like we're giving ourselves a chance to uh, to be competitive or to even be successful on the field. You know, I think what are we two and nine? Uh, you know, and have, having one of the most expensive teams out there, it just goes to show you you can't buy a team. You got to have talent, and uh, and uh, and you got to have good talent evaluators. But uh, I think you know going back to the '80s, which I hate to kind of do because I you know we're we're, we're in the 2000s. 
you know, winning cures cures all, and we got to figure out the formula to get back to the winning ways. I mean, I mean, you, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you, you look at the Patriots and you look at the Packers and you look at teams like that, and you also look at the Broncos too. That you know that you know if they have a down year, you know it's seven and you know it's it, you know it's it's you know eight and eight, you know ten and six. Uh, you know, there's a reason. You know, it, it's because they got good evaluators, and, and you know, that's something that we've struggled here with in Cleveland is that we need to we need to find that 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 right match. And uh, you know, with the new ownership, you know, still being young, we're still trying to figure it out. I think. Right, and I think a lot of that goes back to since since '99. Uh, I mean, you look at how many times it's been blown up, how many different coaches we've had, how many different front office personnel we've had, and of the teams that you've mentioned. Uh, the Steelers, the Packers, the Patriots, even Denver. The one thing they've all had is consistency, at least within the front office. I know Denver's gone through a, a couple different coaches now. But, yeah. you know, I mean, the Patriots' belt check's been there forever. Uh, Mike McCarthy's been in Green Bay forever. Uh, you know, and, and Tomlin took over for Coach Cower. You know, I think there's like what they've, they've only had like four head coaches in Pittsburgh, I believe. You know, in the entire oh, yeah, existence. Well, know? yeah, I mean, you, you figure, you figure, Bill Cower was my was my coach in Cleveland when I first came here. Uh, actually, in my second year, and 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 since Bill Cower, there's only been one coach. You know, and I came to the I came to the Browns in 1985, and uh, you know, Bill Cower, I think he took that job in '90 or '91, and uh, and and uh, I don't know how when he retired, but you know. They just had one coach since then. That's unbelievable. Right. And I don't think – I mean, for as much as a lot of people are are calling for it and they want Pettin fired and they want Ray Farmer fired, I, for one, I'd like to see them clean up their own mess. I mean, I'd like to see them stay for another two years and see if they can't bring it around, see if they can't build some type of consistency before saying, oh, well, the heck with it. It's not going to work. Let's blow it up because – We've blown it up almost every other year since 1999, and it hasn't worked for us yet. Yes, I agree. You know what? When you when you hire a person, just like you know, I always I always use college as far as when you hire a person, you gotta you gotta give a coach a full four years to bring his own people in, like his freshmen to seniors. You gotta bring in that. You know, you gotta give him that at least really get a true evaluation of the guys he's bringing in. Uh, they work in his system. You know, is it working? So you know, with two years, uh, yeah, obviously we're you know with those those two years we have with our people here, it hasn't been off to a good start. But you know, I, I think they deserve a little more time. But you know, football here in the NFL is you know what have you done for me lately? Uh, so I mean, so you got you know it's kind of a contradiction. But you know, we but we we do need to do better than what we're doing. Right. Exactly. Well. Felix, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, we got to head another break here. Uh, thank you so much for your time, sir, for calling in. And uh, this is our final show of the semester, so we won't be back again until uh, late January, early February. But perhaps we'd love to have you on again and uh, give well, us a, a, season, a season wrap-up, sir, if you would. Sounds good. You take care. Have a great day. All right. Thank you so much, sir. That was uh, Felix Wright, of the uh, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, of the Dog Pound, the original Dog pound with Hanford Dixon, Turkey Jones, and all them good dudes back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, I need I, some of that. Right yeah, now. need some of that fire. Give me some of that. I mean, that was totally organic too. The way that, the way that happened, like the whole dog pound thing just happened. I mean, that secondary just started barking one day, and then mm-hmm. it just. I mean, it was so. I mean, now it's like overpriced and it's over marketed. Oh, it's the dog pound. But I mean, it was something that just happened like organically. You know, like how. Like college teams and like the the chance start, or even in in soccer, soccer's a lot better at it than than I'd say football and college sports. But that whole I believe chant and how that started with the Rough Riders and the and the and the um, the fan clubs that used to follow the American team around something that was just that organic just started with the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean that's how the dog pound started, and we were so ingrained in it. Such a community. When you go to these games, Vic, I know you experienced it Monday night when you went. Uh, just the atmosphere. I mean, even though we're a cruddy team, I mean, there was still that sense of community, right? Just we had some of the best fans. Let's just say that, you know. Win, or, win, lose, we're there next week, you know. 
And you know, you you got to give that respect. I know you can you can make fun of us. You know, we suck. We know it. It's okay. Right. But at least we we show up for games. You know, we're not like Jacksonville out here blacking out games, right? Yeah. You know, but like we show up, we we give our full support, and that's all the players can ask for. Now we're asking the players. You know, can you can dub. you can you step up just a little bit? Just give us a dub, man. <laughs> Something. So we're gonna go ahead and hit our next break here. Uh, then we're gonna go over some uh, programming news and notes coming up uh, for the next semester. So stick with us uh, right here on the other side on eighty-eight point nine, Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on eighty-eight point nine WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. It's your boy Tubby right here alongside me with my man Vic. Yo. <laughs> and uh, so, going forward, uh, I know Tyler had his uh, his last hoorah, if you will, yesterday with Chewy, and uh, it's been really great being a part of the show with him. He's a great talent, and uh, I've learned a lot being alongside of him, uh, which is something I, I never imagined I would, but hey, miracles do happen. I did learn something. Uh and I wish I would like to take this time, as we're rounding out our show right now, to wish him the best of luck in all of his future endeavors. He's a highly talented, highly skilled, uh, work ethic unmatched of anybody I've seen uh, almost in my entire life. So I know that he's going to go on and, and do great things, and I wish him the best. Hopefully we can have him as a call-in guest. Uh, as long as his, you know, we are. Yeah, as long as <laughs> you know, we are. Yeah, he, he's gonna yeah. call in just to call in. We're not yeah. gonna schedule it. Yeah, because I mean, I gotta have somebody to fight with. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have anybody. To, nobody nobody wants to take me on. Nobody wants to. I mean, I agree with most of your points. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the problem. Right. So speaking of the show, carrying on for next semester, uh, I believe we come back in January. Um, this show, the morning after will stay right here, and it's 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. time slot. Uh, one of the only changes is, uh, outside of Sens Tyler um, is that you will have me five days a week. That's right. I have gone from part-time to full-time. I will be here Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10. I hear Victor is. <laughs> yeah, Victor will be part-time. Uh, his schedule is unknown at this time. <laughs> his commitments are unscheduled. Um, but I am committed. But, but he is committed to doing something. We'll find out what. We'll find out what like, coming up. But, uh, you know, so we're going to try to try to work him in. Um, I believe Chewy uh, said that he's going to attempt to try to be in. And uh, and who knows? Um, as far as the format of the show, I know that we're definitely going to talk sports because it is the morning after sports show. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, but with the new uh, sports director of WFSE, I'm not sure if the morning after fits into his time schedule or not. That has yet to be discussed. So whether we'll be covering um, – Edinburgh sports in-depthly, or if there will be another borough sports program on the air, we're not sure yet. But uh, all I can say for any amount of certainty is that the morning after will be right here, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., as long as your boy Tubby is drawing a breath, this show will go on, or unless they kick me out, whichever happens first. So, I mean, that's something. I, that's That's a little bit of something. So... Uh, that's that's what we got for programming notes. Uh, I guess we better go ahead and look at the NFL and see what's going on. Uh, I can't pull anything up. This is annoying me. Um, you trying to pull up the games? Yeah, you have a list of the games yeah, right I there on your on your game. super secret squirrel screen there. Oh, here we go. Where are we looking at first? We're looking at New York versus New York. <laughs> oh my Giants goodness! And Jets. Who do you got? Uh, home game for the Giants, if that means anything. It's also a home game for the Jets, yeah? <laughs> they share the same stadium. Yeah. It's like brother versus brother. All right, I'm going to go with the Giants. Got to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with Giants as well. Darrell Reeves is still out, so OBJ is going to take over. Yep. Arizona or St. Louis? Zona. Zona, no doubt. Atlanta or Tampa Bay? At Tampa Bay. Going with Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Bay's been on fire. I like him. And then Atlanta's been looking shaky. They they hit that choke spot. They hit the choke spot that Cincinnati was supposed to hit. Yeah, no, seriously. You know, I thought Atlanta was for real, but. No. Tyler said the same thing, and I'm like, no, I don't believe it. No, I don't. And he was like, Tubby, you're dumb. No, I'm not dumb. They're going to explode again. Seattle at Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota as well. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think. Outside, in the elements. Yeah, I think AP is going to run all over him. So I'm taking Minnesota. Yep. Houston at Buffalo. Mm. Mm. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. Oh, no. At the Rock Pile. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody. Hoyer struggled last year. We he all did. saw that. Yeah, yeah, and nobody circles the wagons <laughs> like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, same here. Bills. Is that Baltimore at Miami? That's what it appears to be. Baltimore at Miami. I got to go with Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore's trash. <laughs> Even, I, though, they Browns, <laughs> even though we made them look like all pros I gotta go with Monday Miami. night. Tannehill's going to get it done. Oh, you're second guessing me? I, I am. Go I, I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't. Maybe there's a little magic left in B-more. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, okay. You know what? I'm hoping for them to win. Just so that way we get a higher pick than them. All right, let's go. <laughs> Not that we'll know how to spend it, but hey, we'll go for it. Cincinnati at Cleveland. In Cleveland. In, in the pound. <laughs> I gotta go with Cincinnati. I don't yeah, want to. Cincinnati. I don't want to. But I this is almost uh, such a for sure win for Cincinnati that that, that I almost want to pick. Shouldn't play. <laughs> I almost want to pick the Browns just for that. <laughs> that Austin Davis comes out and has himself a day. I'll say throws this. for over four hundred yards. <laughs> Crow runs for a hundred. The heck with it. My homerism is taking over. The Browns Stop will it. beat Stop Cincinnati it. and a score a thirty-one to seventeen. You know, I think Book the game's going to be close, but they're eventually going to pull out. Pull out. Yeah. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. Uh, Next. San Fran, Chicago. 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 Next. <laughs> Denver at Seattle. I mean, San Diego. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Who? I'm taking Denver. You're, you're taking Denver? Oh, yeah. You're taking Denver? I'm taking Who? Denver. And Brock. Who? Osweiler. Okay. Yep. Go with it. Kansas City at Oakland. I'm going with Oakland. Ooh, this was kind of tough. Kansas City's kind of kind of on the get right path. I like Derek Carr a lot, though. I do. Brown should have took him. Mm. You know what? For sake of argument, I'm going to go with Kansas City and a shocker. Okay. Carolina at New Orleans. Come on now. <sighs> Carolina. Carolina. They're just a monster with a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, I love it though. Cam and a bunch of nobodies. Cam and Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> Crazy. 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 Philly at New England. Sorry, Tyler. New England by a landslide. <laughs> yeah, all day. By a landslide. All day. Colts versus the Steelers. The Steelers. You know what? I'm going with Indianapolis. It, ooh, in an upset. Yeah. In, in Steeltown. In yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's just because I hate Pittsburgh. <sighs> I'm with you. Yeah, no doubt. But I, I know you're with me. But Pittsburgh's a hard place to play, and I think they, they don't have luck back. Who cares? <laughs> they got Hasselbeck, man. I don't think he's lost. Uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh. All right, all right. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Monday night game, Dallas at Washington. Two terrible teams. <laughs> this is like this is like sumo wrestling in in a kiddie pool man. of Jello. There's nobody been some wants bad to watch matchups on Monday night. The last couple. Oh, I know stinkers. I mean, nobody wants to watch this match. Yeah. Nobody wants but to see this. But it could end up as a good game. I gotta go Washington. I'm taking the skins as yeah, well because sense. because. Uh, the Cowboys can't win without Romo. That's all there is to it. It really is. You know. But speaking of all there is to it, that's all the time there is for us. We're done. Yeah. We're out of here. We will see you next semester right here, same time, same channel, the morning after on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and good luck on finals, Pete.